You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. Over to my left, Gregory, who has been on this podcast before a while back. Uh, I, wanted to talk, I wanted to start off with Saturday morning. That's what I wanted to start off with. Oh my. Do you remember what happened Saturday morning? Yes. So... We're on, uh, I'm assuming you're talking the phone incident. Yeah. Yeah. So we're on Onyx trying to get a boat back to a timber hole that we had marked. And the uh, phone might have got set on a boat blind and slid off into a wa- into the water. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, this is... Uh, About three, four foot of water as well. <laughs> Southeast Arkansas, timber hole, looking at Onyx, driving at night. All the cool stuff, weaving in and in out trees and whatnot. And then, I don't know. How far are we from that hole? Uh, we were probably two, 200 yards, I'd guess. We weren't that far. But yeah, phone drops in the water. Whose phone was it? It was Travis's. Travis. Mm. Yeah. And he'll, and he'll, and he'll probably, we'll talk about this later in another podcast when, he's, when he swings by. But uh, I guess we're not carrying an Avery anymore. <laughs> we can't get a hold of him, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it kind of sucked because now we didn't know exactly where we we're going, yeah. and actually we were kind of all blind because nobody downloaded the uh, offline the, maps. the offline maps for that area. So we're all like, "Oh, we don't have signal. We're in the middle of the dark in the timber on the boat, and we don't exactly know where we're at. Well, we know we're close to something, but everything looks the same when you're down there. The trees, you know, every which yeah. tree looks like the same tree, especially feel, at night. Yeah, you feel like you're going around in circles. Anyways, yeah. We uh, we uh, finally turn around and we find this one unique lean tree, the tree that was leaning over a tree I was hiding under that was just like making noise and I thought it was gonna fall on my head when we were hunting and I told I told you that right yeah that I, I didn't you know this tree was about to break at any time and fall <laughs> on me so I didn't hide under that tree no more but we found that tree that so it gave us our bearings and where to set up from the previous day we hunted. The timber, uh, a timber hole the day before, and had really good luck. So we just went back and we said, "Don't, don't mess it up if it ain't broke." But uh, yeah, that was an interesting morning. Yeah, on our yeah. So on our way there, Travis dropped his phone in the water. He decided to mark the spot with a stick and glove, oh, so yeah. we could fi- we could find okay, the you're spot. You're gonna get closer to that microphone. Sorry. Hey, oh, that's better. <laughs> I can hear you now. He decided to uh, put a stick in the mud and put a glove on top so we could find the spot. And he went and dropped us off at the hole. And he just went back to that gloved stick and started looking again for his phone. Oh, and yeah, he looked for is it 20 minutes before we gave up. Well, I, I, I don't think he has a phone yet still. Is he not he, texting By back? the way, because oddly enough, Brandon was wondering about XD geese mm-hmm. as we started talking. And goes, uh, I text Travis, and I was wondering why it didn't deliver, and he's not <laughs> answering me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he still he might have uh, lost his phone again. He's still uh, unless, yeah, unless he lost it again. Yeah. But So, he, yeah, he looked he, for about like 20 he, minutes, he then dropped his, us off. He took his jacket off and was, like, getting wet, and water was going over his waders, and he was just trying to find the phone. It's about 30 degrees this morning. Yeah. It wasn't mm. was it not was cold. But it wasn't crazy cold, I wouldn't say. Oh, I've lost my phone in the marsh a couple of times, but I always find it. Yeah. Yeah. Gregory lost his phone one time in the marsh and lost it. 
or he didn't find it. And then I think you lost calls too at the same time. Yeah. It was the same day I bought a, I bought a phone. I think it was an iPhone six. One week later, I lose it in the marsh and a call the same day. Is it like the barrel of the call? It. You had like the insert? No, I didn't have anything. Oh, you just lost the whole thing. Yeah, call. I don't even know how. It was like a field proven or something. Yeah, it was a field proven single shot. Single shot. Mm-hmm. Dang, I remember that. Yeah, I remember one time, I think this was two seasons ago, I was in my kayak and I shot a bird and my phone was in my lap because, you know, you're playing a game or whatever, it's slow. And I forgot that my phone was in my lap. I hop out of my kayak into waist deep water to go retrieve this bird. And like I'm, I'm looking, going like, okay, where's my phone? Checking like all sixteen thousand pockets mm-hmm. I've got. And then I feel my foot bump into something. Oh jeez! Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you do the old sleeve roll up, reach down in there, and I'm so happy they make these phones waterproof now. Yeah, no, yeah, That's, yeah, hundred percent. It was like what an hour of him searching. Yeah, so. So when he went back, he was looking for about an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, we got all set up ready to hunt. We're like, screw this. We're going to shoot ducks. Yeah, and he went back and was looking. It was about an hour and 15 minutes, and I was I was kind of getting worried just because it was cold, and I knew he was, he'd was he been underwater, like, you know, filled his waders. It's like, you know, he's got to be freezing at this point. So I walk over there, and um, I start looking, and, and he's, I mean, basically shivering. He's like, I got to go back to the cabin and get some warm clothes on and a new set of waders. And I was like, all right, just pull the boat up here we'll load you know some of the stuff we had out there um up and you just head back and as he grabbed the boat and was, and was coming back to me i um stepped on his phone so <laughs> you, I, you always find yeah, it with your boot i yeah. uh so i reached down got and filled my waders and soaked my sleeve trying to be a friend you know a friendly guy and uh pulled it up for him yeah, but, you did lose it for him. Yeah, and they scared a bunch of ducks off fault. because they were hooping and hollering about a couple hundred yards away. I'm <laughs> I don't think there's any birds working at that time. We were pretty excited. And, I know. Uh, we, everybody, the whole marsh or the whole area could, Yeah, like, all the trespassers and everybody. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. How many people are hunting in that area? Uh, supposed to just be us, but with, um, <laughs> with some high water, there was a few more guys that got in. Yeah, yeah, we'll get over that here. We'll yeah. get over that topic in a second hmm. but uh yeah so that was a crazy morning because nothing was going right i mean we shot a mallard um that sailed away and travis drove off to on the boat to go retrieve it and end up ripping off his dog ladder so like everything was breaking and falling apart that morning which is great but it was still a great hunt in the timber we had a blast yeah uh, oh when you were walking back from finding his phone what did you almost lose oh, so in the uh yeah while i was finding his phone i took my jacket off um and apparently i had put my keys in my jacket pocket and not zipped it mm. and you know we're 10 hours away from home my, and my, this, this is my set of keys my truck keys i have one set of keys down there with me and um walking back you know don't think anything of it i get back to my spot and i go to put my jacket back on my truck keys fall out then and just happen to land in my waders thankfully <laughs> but yeah thankfully and they never fell out on the walk back and i honestly don't know how that happened or how they didn't proper gear management when you leave the truck is extremely important yeah Yeah. keys and wallet go into zipper then they don't get touched again they go in the pockets that will be inside the waders that you don't touch the whole hunt yeah the following day they did not make it out to the marsh they stayed back in the cabin the only reason he (laughs) he grabbed them that morning is because we needed more ammo out of the back of the truck and we wanted to unlock it but we didn't, we didn't need those truck keys necessarily. No. Um, but 
Yeah, me, Gregory, uh, Mashburn to my left, which is a clothing buyer and a bunch of other stuff, categories for Rogers. And then Houston Knox went down with Travis Mueller from Banded Avery. Uh, shout out to Travis. He's been on here plenty of times for the podcast. And we went down and hunted southeast Arkansas, which was unreal. And he, and he, he said, like, you guys want to sit behind a tr- stand behind a tree in a timber hole and shoot ducks for three days, right? And we're like, yeah. Like, that's what we don't have. Let's just do that. So that's what we did. Friday we shot one shy of a four man. Yeah, yeah. we were one bird shy. And we had the opportunity to fill that, <laughs> but he got away. Yeah, you're going to call him Houston out on that? <laughs> yep, I am. Houston, Sorry, Houston. Houston had the last kind of shot. I was like, hey, Houston, this is it. Yours is your limit right here. This is your bird. Bird comes in. It's like, that's it. Houston, take it. Two, three shots go three off and nothing shells. falls. Oh, man. I can't believe we just drug him under the bus on the podcast about that. <laughs> he's not going to listen It's bad to because it. he's not even here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it like small groups that come in at a time? It depends. You know, we had, we loved the, the pairs worked great, and we shot a lot of drakes that way. And then we had some bigger groups come in, and then the big big groups were really gadwalls. And there were some big groups of mileage, but really yeah. gadwalls. Gadwalls came in by the – I mean, not like we're in a timber hole, so – Eight to ten that dropped in through the trees was a lot, and it was fun, you know. And I think we dropped six out of a yeah, I think six gadwalls out of one group, and I think yeah, I think I think eight, few eight got came away in or not. Yeah, eight, I think eight came in, and there was only three of us at this point. Travis had walked back to the boat, and we had dropped yeah, you know, we dropped six out of the eight, and they were all drags. Yeah, that was that was pretty. That cool. was solid. Yeah, yeah, solid shooting. Yeah, and then uh, Saturday had sun, which is what you want. Um, more light on the decoys, more light on the spinners, more shadows in the trees. But zero wind. But we had zero wind. So we played around. We moved the spread how many times? Like Was it four or three? Three, three or four. I think four, but one of them was like barely, like 15-yard move. I think the first hole we moved trees once. Yeah. And then yeah, we that's... decided to move the spread and then move trees again. I think I put my bag on a tree four different times. Anyways. We shot 14 that day, but I still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But th- that time we were more like in timber, like thicker timber, so they were coming down a little, you know, a little steeper versus like kind of working their way towards you, I guess. Yeah, the first they were timber hole, straight we had like a timber. lane. Had like a – we could guide them in. Mm-hmm. So how many decoys were you putting out? Three dozen. Three do- Yeah, three First dozen. two days were three dozen. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the last day, but yeah. First two days was three dozen decoys and two spinners and three squirt, um, like splashers or yeah. squirters. Yeah, we had two mojos and then some, yeah, like the pulsator, lucky duck agitators. We had three or four of those out. Yeah, <clears throat> that was the first two days. So good looking spread, and uh, it, it did did what we needed to. Sunday was a great day. Again, I think we were one bird shy. Yeah. Houston again? I mean, I, I'm not sure who it was, but it was it probably, probably Houston. Was. Yeah. We'll it wasn't Houston. the first he, he had an opportunity didn't shoot. It was just that's what ended up like it got. We were heading out that same day and just got so late. We were waiting on one bird or something like that. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. But uh, that actually, the water for the, all this flooded timber had gone up because the river was up. And then it flooded this whole area. And gave a bunch of water to really cool places but sunday it had dropped three feet yeah three foot overnight going into sunday morning 
So all of a sudden, all the holes we wanted to hunt the Sunday morning like disappeared. Dry ground. Hmm. And the only thing we had available were like like early into the timber and like these roads and stuff. So we actually hunted a. You really can't tell, I guess, if you're a duck, but it was a like a, a road, a pathway, a UTV, you know, path that was kind of wide enough to put decoys in, but it held water. And it was dropping so fast, like you could start seeing the road come up outside yeah. of the decoys. It was mo- dropping so fast, but you know, it actually worked because I think we had good visibility and we were still t- kind of in the timber. We had trees all around. It wasn't maybe as tight, but we actually brought out. We brought out our three dozen XD mallards, and then we brought out what was it, another two dozen gadwalls. It was a uh, two dozen gadwall and a dozen pintails. Yeah, a dozen pintail. Big spread. Yeah, um, yeah. We brought those out like extra later or something. I think mm-hmm. he drove back. Got he more. drove back and yeah, got, he more. got more. Yeah, but he also we also our decoy spread was mallards. Um, kind of the generic, the bulk of the center was mallards with their landing hole and like a jerk cord. We actually brought a jerk cord out this time. And then, you know, top top right corner of the spread was like a pack of pintails, and the bottom left corner or the bottom right corner was a was a big group of a big group of gadwalls. So the idea was to kind of as they're coming in, they see like their pod of species and whatnot. And we ended up shooting into a great pack of pintails, which we had all week. And Travis shot like a really really nice sprig Drake pintail. Yeah, absolutely stud. Probably yeah. four or five inch sprig on it. Yeah. And uh, we shot some pintails. I think three. I didn't actually hit one because I was too excited. I had to turn around and grab my gun and shoot. It was a mess. Um, excuses. I just missed. <laughs> um, but then Houston shot or like a mountable wood duck, like the most full plume wood duck I've ever seen. So I think Houston's going to put that up on the wall somewhere. Yeah, it was I mean, fantastic with duck. Yeah, but we were—I mean, we shot gadwalls, we shot teal, and we shot mallards, pintail, like wood duck. That was a—that was our last Sunday bag. Mm-hmm. I get twenty-three ducks out of twenty-four, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And it, yeah, like you said, it's a good mixed bag, and everything kind of worked differently, which was really cool. With a southeast wind, and some of them came in with the wind, and you know, some traditionally like they do against the wind, but it was kind of—it was kind of crazy. It was nice hunting though when like the temp would get up to like, I don't, did it get up to fifty degrees? It felt like it did because I was sweating was bad so towards the end. Yeah. It felt like so warm, but like the duck numbers felt like it should be cold. Mm. Like when we have warm days up here, like fifty degrees, we ain't seeing a jack flying around. No, nothing's flying. But it was down there, and we're sweating, and it's hot, and just ducks are just flying around, coming right in. Like I mean, maybe it was just the area we were in or whatnot. Yeah. But, Anyways, that's what... How far away was the cabin? Um, probably Did you stay close by? Yeah, it was probably a 10-minute boat ride. 10-minute <clears throat> boat ride, yeah, and we pretty mm-hmm. much drove. We took the Ranger with all the gear, you know, 50 yards to the river, yeah. right? Yeah, So and we we're... So the boat we were using was an 1860 with a 55 surface drive on the back. And I don't know if we did it justice, the water levels earlier, but we were able to boat onto this road and like, you know, boat up to where we were setting a spread. Well, by the end of the hunt, we, the water had dropped so much just during those four hours that we hunted, we weren't able to get the boat up. Oh yeah. Sunday morning, we were able to drive all the way there and then leaving Sunday afternoon at 10 o'clock. Yeah. 10, 10 30. 
We had to yeah, pull we, the we boat. Were, we had to we had to drag the boat on foot out of there because the water was just dro- dropping that fast. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, but no, Gosh, that's a, dang. Next year, Pat, you're gonna go. I was thinking about you. <laughs> we were talking about you. <laughs> we were talking about you and Sonia. I was yeah. hurting though. My back was killing. Really? Yeah. Well, you get to pull a boat next year, so <laughs> look forward to it. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so but I'm sure it was fun. Yeah, yeah. Me, Gregory, and Houston got to super fun. See some Arkansas timber hunting and stuff. But we'll go. We'll get back to some other topics about that. But we have kind of some catching up to do on from TikTok, I guess. A little housekeeping. Mm. Mm. Yeah, from last last episode. This is a wonder if video podcast now too. I think I can. Oh yeah, if you're pull it. If up. you like to watch podcasts and watch the video, uh, you can go to YouTube. Or, and we haven't started posting them on, or pushing them through the podcast platform. They're on YouTube, correct, at this moment. Mm -hmm. We're working on getting them on Spotify and Apple, whatever takes that video podcast and whatnot. But, yeah, so we got the video out on YouTube, and we also put some, we put a part about the the Blue Lost State, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We put that out on TikTok and just to everybody. And Pat was asking what everybody's thoughts were, or just he just wanted to yeah. find more about out it because Pat's never heard about it. No, I think the closest state that has those laws is what we say eighteen hours away, um, something like that. Yeah, like, I mean roughly, pretty far away yeah. from us. Um, so, so to put this out there, one, um, that's why one, that's why we do this show, like. Is the knowledge and sharing knowledge and and getting feedback from you all, which was amazing. Like the response we got, and I was reading through everybody's uh, comments of like, you know, can they hunt, not hunt, and certain types, and and it was crazy. So so that was awesome to see. And like we're just growing up in Missouri, it's not something that you're exposed to, so you don't even think about think about it, right? It's not a I've never known not hunting yeah. being available seven days a week. Just never been a thing. Even though the blue laws were there, you, you just don't talk about it. You don't even think about it. Um, and I was born in uh, Iowa and then moved to Missouri and both those states, you know, it's seven days a week hunting. So when I brought that up, which you guys had heard about it, you know, which prompted me to to look it up on the, to on look the podcast. It up. Yeah. So to me, it was just like, my gosh, I can't believe that we're still doing this. Yeah. Um, for right or wrong reasons or, you know, whatever those states or counties or municipalities and their rules they have. But yeah. yeah. And, so, and I knew there was some like variances and whatnot. And some, sure. Some are changing all the time. Yeah. And different states have different rules on a lot of things. Like we've talked about trail camera laws and things like that. And there's yeah. always something different, you know, so every state's got, you know, different rules and stuff. And, and I by no means claim to be an expert on any of this, but that's yeah. why we do it. So we can learn about it and, uh, and, and always hopefully change it for the better. Always talk to your local game and fish. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody when they come in. Right. Cause they think I'm, you know, I'm selling mineral and, Whitetail Institute Clover, they're like, well, this guy here. So what do you think? Uh, I'm like, I don't know. You have to call the MDC. <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, when that changes year to year too. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Always got to get the they book. They just changed right? new. They just had their meeting Did for twenty twenty three. They're adding a season for deer. For deer, this year. What are they adding? Just another uh, season to shoot. I think it was an like an, <laughs> an early season early, rifle early. or yeah, early season like gun a, season of some sort, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like for bucks or just pre youth weekend. Yeah. Like it's like there's like a mini weekend or whatever mm-hmm. i have to look at it exactly and then either you, species and then your youth or either and sex. then your normal you'll have to refer to the uh, hunting booklet this year <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but they just got done with those meetings and came out with yeah you know their year-end stats and you know their home meetings so um just going through some of these and obviously these are um listeners writing about where they're from and um, so just to throw out some knowledge to people, um, uh, like the one, um, this is, uh, smoked out waterfowl, put this on there. Um, in Delaware, you can hunt deer on Sundays, but not waterfowl hunt on Sundays. I seem, I seem to hear um, that quite a bit uh, in some, some states. I think there's 11 that we're dealing with. And he said deer hunting on Sundays is a more recent thing as well. Only in the past few years has it been allowed, so it's recently changed. Mm. That was Delaware. None of these, obviously, again, some of this can vary in when it started, but um, a lot of what I saw was public versus private was the main thing. Mm -hmm. It seemed like you couldn't hunt on public, but private you could in a lot of cases. Yeah. I think there's only, I could be wrong on this, but I think there's only two states that just outright ban it on Sunday. Yeah. There was one, it was like Maine. This guy wrote no exceptions here. (laughs) (laughs) So that is unfortunate. Um, jeez. Well, those laws are slowly, slowly changing. They are. Well, yeah. Cause the thing that I read too, wasn't, I mean, it was recent, but, Obviously, things had changed since we talked about that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, like this. Uh, this one's uh, Trev underscore Johnson 15 uh, responded. He said, North Carolina um, has some laws regarding waterfowl hunting especially the fact, and this could change, this is what just what he wrote, uh, especially the fact that you can only kill one bluebill till January, and then it's two uh, till January, and then it's two after that. Hmm. Is Kansas it's like, like that? It's just like a random change. No, but I think... Or does Missouri I, like that? Oh, I think, no. if I remember correctly, like Ohio and Michigan, maybe Wisconsin... I, I don't know. I've I've heard of some states having that, where it's like you can shoot one blue bill up until this date, and then you can shoot two after that. Hmm. Be really. I, awesome. I feel like I've seen that this year, and I wanted to check. Um, like this person, you know, this is this is talking about that, the variable changes. Um, so this person in Virginia, it's only no Sunday hunting for deer and bear with the aid of dogs. Um, also, you cannot hunt within 200 yards of a place of worship on Sunday. I don't know if that's 100% correct. That's just 
a person from the Virginia area. Um, I probably wouldn't hunt within 200 yards of a place anyways. Like a, I mean, unless there's a good deer or that's something. That's true. Well, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, uh, waterfowl story. So where I went to high school, the town we uh, I grew up in, basically, so Kearney. And, and you might remember this, but just growing up there, hearing about it, and so my dad was in law enforcement there, and, and um, there was numerous areas in town where you've got the lakes and stuff, you know, and all that, and so they would attract all these geese. And those neighborhoods were like, the geese are a nuisance, and we need to get rid of them, and, you know, they just crap everywhere. Um and so my dad's like, hmm, I like waterfowl hunting. That'd be one way to get rid of them. <laughs> but you're inside the city, right? So uh, he went to board meetings. And anyways, they got it, uh, a uh, statute or whatever you want to call it, passed um, that you could hunt inside the city limits for geese. Um, uh, I believe you had to be with him, though. And we had signs, you know, that said, you know, uh, Warning. Ofi- official uh, <laughs> hunting, whatever going on. Official uh, Goosebusters on official duty. Official Goosebusters <laughs> on duty, exactly. <laughs> and so we literally lived on the south end of town um, in Greenfield as you're heading out of town, and there's the, the pool house and the neighborhood mm-hmm. pool and this nice neighborhood, and then a crop field because it just the neighborhood ended. Did you ever throw honkers in the, the pool? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think one came close to landing in it uh, after we shot. Some floaters. So we're down there Some hunting. shells on the edge. Exactly, yeah. So obviously you're careful. I mean, you're out there shooting and, and you know, I mean, you're, I can't imagine that morning waking up to us blasting uh, in a goose hunt, you know, and you're sleeping in a house, you know, not very far away. Um, well, anyway, someone had called. You know, and they the probably, sheriff. They called the sheriff. They called the game wardens, mm. and they probably had no idea. So I get it. They're wondering who's down there shooting geese behind the pool house, and uh, so game warden shows up, and uh, and there's a couple of them. Hey, how's it going, guys? And of course, you, hey, this is what we got going on. You know, my dad's like, oh, I'm so and so, and I work in town here, and you know, we show him he still asks for license and all that, and and while he's talking to us, and we're all standing there. Uh, a couple geese start flying over. We're like, oh, get down, get down. <laughs> and he's trying to conduct a, a deal. But we know we're legal, so we're like, well, we got more geese to kill. And so uh, those two geese came in close enough while he's investigating. We're like, take them. Boom, boom. <laughs> a couple geese. And he goes, well, looks like you guys got it under control, so I'll let you out of here. But it was odd, weird. Yeah, it was so cool though, and I don't think it helped uh, the the goose nuisance. <laughs> but it was but it fun. allowed us to go hunt uh, some city just, geese. I'm say it just so happens to be the best field in town too. They always rotated it between corn so and beans, good. and it's yeah. always loaded. We used to hunt behind the truck stop, you know, okay. back before yeah. uh, um, like the pumpkin patch yep. and all that behind Shannon's. Yeah, yep. that place still so. loads up. But yeah, we got a huge response from that. So that's great to, and I read through as many as I could. Um, but, but, you know, keep giving us responses. And we always talk about like things you want to hear about and just, you know, that's what we like. So, 
Send us an email. Um, got topics exactly. you want to cover. But like so this person put Pennsylvania? like, like this is kind of dated West Virginia. You can hunt Sundays. So, and obviously, and I think Hayden even said like a lot of, you know, within the, it's recent, but within the past two, three years, some of that has changed. But, you know, you think about that. I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, just a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. That you still couldn't hunt. It just, uh, befuddled me. There's another Boom. one. <laughs> um, Perplexed. Oh, I was. Yeah. I didn't know about it. I never heard about it. So, um, anyways, so. And there are a lot of, like, new groups coming up and a lot of conservation um, groups that are advocating, you know, against this or to get these laws changed mm-hmm. or just updated. So, hopefully, um, I tell you well, what was. how you think of it, but hopefully they keep moving, moving yeah. forward and uh, allow everybody to hunt. Right, because we're my biggest thing is, and obviously this is, uh, you know, some people have said you're allowed to hunt now, which is great, and you know, obviously we're all conservationists and hunt and and all that, and and so really the simplest way I could put it is I'm just trying to make sure everybody has an opportunity to go hunting whenever they want if it's legal to go at that time. You know, and I want it to be open seven days a week so we can get more people out there and more opportunities to get out in the field. And and I was, you know, just researching, like, numbers and stuff. And um, one of the last studies that I found, this is 2018, so, again, we're four years removed, but it still correlates, is uh, the decline in hunters um, is trending in the wrong way if you like hunting. And it's trending down at a rapid pace. And they were talking at that time, 2018, so we're four years over the next decade. So that would have put us at 2028, that the numbers is just going to fall off the map of how many hunters are out there. And you don't realize how much money and and conservation programs and um, is put into the economy by people buying licenses and attending these conservation events and and it was crazy to see you know the decline and there's a lot of things that came into that um you know a lot of it is uh you know streaming devices now and gaming is bigger than ever and and, yeah and just access uh, i think that's a huge thing and there's been groups that put out this um report that there's i forget the exact number but i want to say it's roughly 16 million acres of landlocked public land that people just can't access um, because it's surrounded by private on you know different mm-hmm. corners. Well, you look at, and this is kind of the political side, but you look at uh, individuals buying big chunks of land. Like, how mm-hmm. much farmland does Bill Gates own? Yeah, I mean it's out there. He does own big chunks, and I'm guessing there's no hunting on those properties. Who knows? I, I, I'm I don't know, but I'm just I'm not sure. Or like you look up a property on Onyx and it says some land corporation out of southern california you're like well um that's helpful yeah right right that's what i'm saying like farmland does get bought up by people that don't hunt um for sure another program which is a cool program but uh some nfl players just bought a hundred acre farm um and it's a new kind of program that nfl players are getting into and i don't know the you know some of them but um without looking at off the top of my head but it's more for uh um 
to help them after they retire. There's more things. And so they're doing it. I like the reason, you know, they bought a hundred acre farm and then they might buy another one down the road um, to start, you know, farming and crops. And it's a way for them to, you know, if they're interested in that to, you know, allow a program for farming um, and then they can lease it out to farmers. Yeah, that's still like farming so it helps the farmer too that might not have farmland but that you know maybe he lost farm or whatever so that was kind of cool but yeah access um another another issue was uh baby boomers accounted for like one third of all hunting well we're getting to the point now where um the baby boomers are peaking at their age where they don't hunt anymore they were at 65 a lot of individuals don't pick up a gun anymore and don't hunt. And so it really drops off. Obviously, there's people that still hunt after 65. But, mm -hmm. you know, if yeah. baby boomers account for a third, and most of them now are reaching that 65-year-old age or will be within the next 5, 10 years, you know, and that takes out 33% of your hunters, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a lot of money that hunters yeah. put into conservation. Um, to keep um, wildlife from becoming endangered or extinct or, I mean, just look at the history of it, you know, of, of bringing back wildlife. And yeah, so, for sure. Um, I mean, there's plenty of examples that show that, show the importance of, of yeah. hunting and, and, you know, just this outdoor industry. Yeah, so I, I suppose that what I would say is if you're listening and you like hunting and make sure you take the chance to help get other people out there if they, if they want to experience it because we need it. Um, so there you go. All right. Well, I'm gonna get out of here. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. You got me rearing ready to go now. Yeah. Chandler, what were you wanting to talk about yeah. today? What's, what's the big, big story from, well, from Arkansas? Well, over the weekend I got, we were introduced to something we've never dealt with or seen like in just how it went down was just, just blew our mind. Something it's, you never thought was possible. I understand where this law, like I've heard about it. I know what it's like, but I didn't know it was, you know, this way, you know, we're people down took to, advantage of it. I mean, yeah. Or just disregarded some of the other parts of it. Mm. You know, it's like speeding, like, yeah, you're speeding 10 miles over, but you know, I don't know. So we're dealing with some high water, law issues not issues but the high water law in arkansas um we were hunting a, a private club um that travis has been a part of for what was it 15 years yeah i believe it was 15 he'd hunted it before that um some guys that he knew owned it before you know before yeah. he joined so private ground the river comes up a big yeah big river comes up and floods all the timber well it seems like they come out of the, the woodwork. All the guys who don't have permission to hunt on that property just come flying in like they own the place. Coming from public access. Yeah. Okay. Coming from a public waterway. You know, if you're looking at Onyx, you're crossing a border into private ground, you know, looking at a satellite imagery. And they're just flying in boat by boat. Because the river had flooded yep. into that field. Yeah, so the only the way river. they can get in is when the water rises high enough, they're able to cross over these roads gotcha. or yeah, levees and different yeah. things like that and get into this area. And they all know it. And the and I think 
the the rule in law is you can't you can't anchor you can't tie up to a is tree. this for Arkansas this is, this is yeah for Arkansas and yeah and say so this what I this can vary by state as well so yeah just right. throwing that out there which we'll go over Missouri here in a second but you can't anchor you can't tie up to a tree supposedly your decoys can't the rigs can't touch the ground like otherwise you're trespassing otherwise you're trespassing when you make contact with the tree the earth the ground the property you know that's what you can't do so guys have talked about oh yeah you just the water's you know not moving you can just float there and your decoys are tied to your boat and all this you know you don't ever get out like that type of stuff is Hmm. technically by law i think you're fine but you, you pull up on a guy and every guy's tied to a tree you know, or, you know, or Everybody their decoy rigs are touching out. the ground. Sure. Like, you They're know. waiting out there grabbing their dead burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just crazy. And our first day we set up and then someone came in late and set up like in between our party, which was part of the club, and another party, which we knew about that was part of the club. They set up in between us. And they're maybe 200 yards away. Yeah. And, you know, like, caused a big mess yeah, for everybody that's wild. you know because nothing works well when you have you know you get in between everybody and now all that you know it gets the calling gets right yeah competition at some point. Yeah. yeah yeah you become so compact you, i mean yeah you're basically yards might standard. not sound like it but yeah really when you got you're stacked up and for sure well yeah travis went over in the friday night or friday morning those guys we have very very nice guys and got up and left yeah. And, mm. yeah. I don't know. We don't know if they were intentionally or they didn't know or they just heard about it. Who knows? Um, but, yeah. And some guys might not know. But, right. Yeah. You know, the river floods. I'm on the river. I'm just kind of, I'm going to float this way. And, and you just, you know, but you talked about like Onyx. It's a great tool to use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and Saturday wasn't how many say, people out. I don't think we had any issues Saturday. But Sunday was a Sunday was crazy. totally different story. The water was dropping, and I don't know why, but I thought it would be, be the worst time for people to go out to a place you don't know, like 100% when the water's dropping, because we're over here. And Travis is hunting there for 15 years, and he's like, yeah, we don't want to go too far back because we're going to be on dry ground, you know, by the end of the hunt, which we almost were. I mean, we were pushing the boat out by hand because we couldn't get in it because we couldn't drive out. It got that low, but... These people were just pouring in, but they are leaving early too, actually. Yeah, I think there was probably eight or nine parties that crossed over into his, mm. you know, his private place that weren't supposed to be there. That'd yeah. give me a headache. I mean, it was wild. Oh, man. And they're like, the <laughs> last one that would cause an issue, like, drove up, like, almost to our spread and then jerked the left and jumped into the timber. And, right. you know, was just bumping into trees, you know, Terrence, you know. <laughs> hauling through the, the timber and Travis, you know, goes over to talk to him and they were not friendly at all or whatever. So they didn't move. Yeah. So in Missouri, you're talking about, and obviously this is Missouri and I looked it up and made sure I was on par here, but, um, they talk about the stream bed. Um, and so basically that begins at the high water mark which is the point where uh, trees and permanent vegetation would grow. Um, And so you have to have permission beyond that point. So like down there, whether it was or wasn't, sounds like it's not legal. But, yeah, you could be on the river. It flooded into this field. 
Um, but that's not a that's above that high water mark. Yeah. And so you would have to get access then to get there. That, that's at least how it is here. And I don't um, know if that's exactly how it is down there. Right. Um, but since we are in Missouri, let's go over that. Mm. Um, educate us, Pat. Educate. Yes, well, please. Chandler told me to take a look at it, yeah. not knowing what the story was, but he just told me to take a look at it. So what you go, find before out? you What's go into that, report? you know, I felt like this, this is, is from a, the uh, DNR. This is a cr- not a real, new, a real relation to what we had going on, but I feel like if you had your deer property right up north, and then Joe Blow was able to hunt it because there was three feet of snow and he never touched your ground. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, <laughs> like the It did answer my question about when I was talking earlier the creek. about the creek. Yep. Yeah. Um, it did answer my question on that. Um, they would be trespassing. Um, so, go, so go into Missouri a little bit. I yeah, so this is, this is, and I had to go, I ended up uh, getting it off the DNR website, and it's under trespassing, but it, this specifically talks about the waterway laws when it comes to trespassing. We all know the uh, non-waterway laws, but, like, you know, you just... You can't go hop that fence. Cr- <laughs> yeah, don't cross that fence. Um, you know, which which happens um, not because a guy wants to hunt your... You see that a lot in deer hunting. For sure. Especially, right? you, know, you, you shoot a deer. deer and you know you hit it and you follow the blood trail and it gets to a fence and they're like, hey, I want to go recover it, but... No. Technically, you sh- you have to get permission. Uh, anyways, yeah. so with the waterway laws, they broke it down into three classifications. So uh, public navigable waters, which is like your large rivers. So anything that you can run a commercial boat and barges. So big, big time stuff. Um, obviously, that's public and it's navigable. Um, there's public non-navigable waters, which would be... Um, Technically, even though they call it non-navigable, it is, but it, that's middle-sized streams, so canoes, kayaks. You can float down it on a raft or whatever. Um, and then there's private non-navigable, um, which would be small streams that you can't float canoes or kayaks. So like the stream on our property. Yeah, if it rained like all day, yeah, <laughs> technically you could probably put a kayak in there for like, 50 yards maybe at the longest straight <laughs> stretch but in general no it's and so which that helped me figure out that so no is that a, is that a creek or a creek or does it have a tire in it yeah, yeah. it's a creek if it has a tire it's a okay. creek if it's clean so. oh yeah, yeah finally so know the yeah. yeah a creek and a creek <laughs> um right. so those are the three classifications um so going through each one of those so on uh on private non-navigable waterways um which is like your small streams and you're not able to float canoes or kayaks mm-hmm. um so anglers and floaters have no right to use the stream without permission self-explanatory yep you got a little stream on your property that's just you know from erosion it's been there whatever no one's got a right to be in there even if it floods because it's not that's not normal that's just a rarity um on public non-navigable waterways, which would be like your middle-sized streams. So you're able to float kayaks, canoes all the time, unless there was some severe drought, um, which then you wouldn't be on there anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Um, the property, so the property lines for those go to the center. Basically, if like your neighbor and you shared that stream, mm-hmm. your property line goes to the middle. Yes. 
Um, so that's how the property loans are. The difference um, on this, even though it's private property, on uh, on like a public public non-navigable waterway, although it could be private property, you still have the right to fish, wade, or boat within that stream bed. Um, Nothing in, about including, the high water mark. Well, that's the stream bed. Yeah. What they're what they're talking about there is that high water mark or for the stream bed. Yeah. So below that high water mark. Mm-hmm. Anything above that high water mark is out of the stream bed, which would be like your normal vegetation and stuff would grow, right, yeah. basically up on top of the bank. Um, you can also, that includes gravel bars too, like if they're submerged and they've been there, you know, but you can wade, your feet can touch the bottom. You know, we were discussing earlier kind of how that works. Um, now, access to it would be different right you have to find a public access point which might come off a public roadway um, which i'll get to in just a second Um, and that's how you floated down that stream and then crossed into private property but you stayed within that you know navigable you know water so you can stay there you just can't go up above that high water mark or that stream bed you know up on top of the bank um, you are allowed to get out if there's an obstruction that goes and blocks it like a tree fell over or a log jam. Um, you do have the right to get out and walk around it on the bank. So is a group of mushrooms on the bank, is that an obstruction they can get out for? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that yeah. far. But All right, just check it. Stay in the boat if you yeah. can. Um, and then there's... Um, and then obviously we talked about the um, private stuff and that's self-explanatory. So those are kind of your two, the stream bed. That's why I want to talk about that. And that's kind of what they're referring to with the high water mark. So, um, and then what I ran into was, so in 1954, um, the Missouri Supreme Court actually uh, ruled on this. And so the, and I'll probably mispronounce the last name, but it's, Elder versus Del Cure, D-E-L-C-O-U-R. And actually, it's a big case because you get the whole docket. Um, and I read most of it. but Oh, you did? Yeah, uh, but it took me a while. <laughs> I did that after lunch. Uh, but that's where I learned about the... So this was the uh, Merrimack River. Mm, okay. If you know where that's at yeah. down south. And so the Merrimack River runs through some... Uh, it's in Decatur County, but some of that river runs through private land. And this is when that case started, and they kind of made this big ruling. But a guy floated uh, in his canoe, found a spot to put in on the Merrimack, floated it, and got to a point where a private property started. And the guy put one of those, like, fences or, like, cattle cage, you know, trap. Yeah. type deals across the waterway where his property line started. Mm-hmm. And so how this interaction started is the guy in the canoe tried pushing it down just to go over it. The other guy got mad. Anyways, they took it to the Supreme Court and said, no, he can do that. He can push that fencing you put up down to keep going because that's public waterway for him as long as he stays in the waterway. And if he runs across a log jam which he actually did, he is able to get out of his canoe, pull his canoe around it, um, 
and then keep going. So, hmm. anyway, it's kind of neat, uh, you know, history on it. But yeah, absolutely. So there you go. So uh, no, you can't come on the stream where I hunt, but you know there might be some <laughs> others uh, that you can float a canoe down and go on that one instead. <laughs> um, you know, but there's different yeah rules and laws and blue laws and. Jordan, Jordan, sorts Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, he floats and shoots geese, right? Yeah, he and, does. And pretty much just in the boat, there's no decoys, and they just... Just floating. Just float down hmm. the river. And just yeah. waits for a goose to fly by? They, they jump they, they When you're floating, they're sitting on the river. Gotcha. So, like, you come around a bend. It's kind of, you kind of come around and a corner. Like, and they yeah. pop up, and, and that's your... up, and you shoot them. I gotcha. I think he had some guys not happy with them. Um... On a, on a YouTube video that he posted. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, they, don't, that's how they don't own that. Right. Yeah. That river. Yeah. Uh, and then I know, like, there's, like, Colorado, like, fly fishing guides. Like, they have to, they cannot get off the boat, and they have to float. And oh, that'd be good yeah. to ask uh, Sam. He used to work in fishing. who's now oh, yeah. a professional fly fishing guide in, uh, and where's is it, Idaho or Wyoming? You know, he had to go to Montana hmm. to get his guide certification, whatever, and then you can pick where you want to go, and hmm. which he really wanted to go to Alaska. But he got stationed in Wyoming or whatever, and he's been doing it ever since. But That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to... So it's another, definitely another state-by-state state issue. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So definitely check with your game laws. <laughs> and DNR. Logo warden. Yeah. Uh, uh, they said on that, on like the DNR page, they said, you know, check your local prosecuting attorney hmm. you know and they should be you know they should know like is this waterway you know whatever yeah anyways to see what the ruling is but I mean it's interesting it, it's yeah. not like the one guy floating down the iceberg <laughs> on the river <laughs> yeah did that they was ever nuts. find him I don't, I don't know what that was a crazy story yeah what happened I don't know I think the... he did it the year before though yeah. I think this was the second time. So when the river... What river? Was it the Mississippi or Missouri? I want to say Missouri, but Missouri. I could be wrong on that. Mississippi or Missouri. Okay. And when the big ice chunks started floating down, you know, he's got his long, like... Push-pull type push thing. Push-pull type thing, and he jumps on one and floats it down. To where? Uh, well, to this time... Wherever it hits land. Wherever it hits land. <laughs> but this time... You know, to be in all seriousness, I don't think he made it. Hmm. Um, he hasn't been found. But uh, the last I looked, that was like a week ago. But anyways, wild story. Yeah, that's so, terrible. Like, where but, does he start? But he was on public navigable waters. No. Where does he start? I don't know where he started. He's the same guy that did that pumpkin. You see the pumpkin? Uh-uh, I missed that one. It was a pumpkin bigger than this table. Oh, didn't he like he carve it out it into out a boat? Into a canoe. <laughs> He, he got it out the insides and sat down in it and floated down the river in it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, Dude, that's I a saw, heck of I a pumpkin. That. Yeah. He was on a pumpkin cruise. That's one. Yeah. Make a good jack. If you get hungry, <laughs> yeah. you just eat your boat. For real. Yeah. Some pumpkin seeds. What does that look like? I don't Ch know. I don't chupacabra. Know. Is that a chupacabra? That was like a black panther. That is a Black Panther. I don't have any credibility. Just okay. Just the picture um, from where Park Hills. 
Missouri, which is not Park Hill, Missouri, which originally is what I thought when I saw it because I thought like some they accidentally put an S on it. But Park Hills with an S, uh, which is south of St. Louis. What? Is, is that it? one of those got loose from the zoo? Did you <laughs> see that? I did not see that. The St. Louis Zoo. Well, actually, it's close by. So but it was, a, it was a leopard that got loose. They ended up finding it. But that's a, not a... Yeah, that's Black a Pan- little wild. Black Panthers, don't they have like... If what, you look really close, they have it? spots. Park Hills with an S? I don't know. I, I thought they were like a myth. Oh, man. You gotta be a... Because like mountain lions or panthers. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this... It does look like a... It looks <laughs> exactly like You're that just picture. I have to dig in a little bit more um, about if there's anything else posted around. They said they contacted Conservation to wait and hear back, but they got photos. Well, remember when we had the, the game warden on? Yeah. We asked him about you know how, how many people call him. look at photos, though? Well, we kind of heard that. We talked to him about... Uh, like Sasquatch and Black Panthers oh, and how, how many times like and people call, people call on like, like it happens all the time I got Bigfoot in my backyard yeah there's a Sam Squatch jeez <laughs> my neighbors actually have Bigfoot in their backyard hmm they have like a car phone or something yeah they got like a steel cutout oh really so yeah. you have laid eyes on a Bigfoot then yes I have impressive very impressive <laughs> yeah, speaking of Houston his dad I think Likes the thought of Bigfoot. I don't know if he's a true believer or not. Well, who doesn't? Um, we thought about going through their cellular trail cams back on their deer property and running by with the with the Sasquatch con- uh, costume. Like, like I don't know what you think, 45, 50 yards, you know, like. Just you got to make it a little just blurry. Enough, just, like, just blurry enough, just farther enough away that, like, his dad gets this picture on his phone and freaks out, you know, and wants to drive two hours north to the deer property to go check it out. This was we have to make like some big footprints, like right at the opening gate, you know, like. Oh yeah, I feel like this is how most bigfoot pictures are. Yeah. Exactly how you just hear. Oh, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not so discrediting this one must anything. Have loose or something. This is from 2005, so a different one. This is from the southeast Missouri and black panther still evading cap- capture. Branson, Missouri. Animal control officials have called off attempts to catch a black panther spotted roaming around Branson last week and will wait for evidence the big cat is still around. That would be so cool to see one of those things. Unless you're out there deer hunting. From a distance. <laughs> then I'm staying I away. Get, I get scared if I hear a raccoon in the dark. Oh, yeah. Those or turkeys I'm jumping out of, out of the roost. Oh. Those always scare me. I hate when the turkeys are roosted in the darn deer your tree stand I'm in they fly mm-hmm. out in the morning I don't know they're there oh yeah now there are makes confirmed, like the trees time. falling down oh yeah. yeah obviously there's confirmed mountain lion yeah, yeah, reports yeah. those have been confirmed but some of them too it's it's like they sometimes I feel like it's like they don't want to confirm it yeah because they don't want to freak people out like yeah. yeah there's a mountain lion you know they always they're always hesitant I feel like the wardens are like eh, i don't know i don't blame them though trying to cause a stir like that brandon's dad's got a couple elk pictures well just just recently from uh north i forgot so every year there's elk elk on trail camps in missouri i don't know whether they come from farms or whatever but we do have a handful of elk farms here. 
So huh. you guys uh, got any plans to finish out the season, or are you guys done? Um, let's see. I'm probably done. Not, I mean, now that I love, you know, water fountain, but I'm, I'm probably gearing up now towards fishing, and we've got some things coming up. We've got the, you know, gearing switching over for spring turkey. We got the convention. Roger Sporting Goods will be at in Nashville. So um, try to set up for that. So really just time and getting out there. So I apologize. <laughs> I think I got a, a, I got a, at least another goose hunt and a duck hunt lined up or, or potentially get left in me. So hopefully uh, in the season. I mean, the past couple of weeks have been great for me, but I, not in Missouri. I had to go south to find anything you, you know. were a nomad you were traveling yeah <laughs> which pretty much i mean i guess besides our southern zone missouri's closed on ducks too if yeah. you want to hunt mm-hmm. you got to travel you know at least a southern missouri or kansas is close but we saw have like some of our honker seasons stuff are open but yeah yeah want to get a good honker you probably still getting yeah. after it until it all dries up huh gonna try to you just non-stop once duck season ends, it's squirrel time. Squirrel, dang, huh? Goose Dude, buster. I love squirrel hunting. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, he likes the, the squirrels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I you might. Uh, Pat. Pat, you want to go squirrel hunting? I need to go squirrel hunting. Just go sit in your tree stand. You'll see a whole bunch of them. Yeah, I know. And then when I want to go squirrel hunting, they're never around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to go fake sit in a stand, yeah, even though it's not your, deer hunting. Put your deer hunting clothes on. Wear put some your, blaze orange. Put your blaze on. Exactly. They're gonna think you're just trying to get a deer. It's true. And they're yeah. gonna come out. Yeah. Good point. I'll do it. No, get out there we're and chase just a lot of switchover now for me. Yeah. And just you know, clean up, start going through fishing stuff, um, which doesn't. I mean, it seems like it's far off, but it's really not. And turkey, and you know. Probably need to see what I got in my garage. Yeah, I got I got to rig my kayak out with light sco- live scope. Yeah. <laughs> Did I see? I saw. The, is it live scope XR? Is that the new uh, new thing or something that popped Maybe. up? Maybe. Check be. it out. So it's hard to keep up with all that. It changes so fast. Oh, oh boy, to my, my insider. Yeah. <laughs> my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I think I just have a. Uh, possible snow goose hunt lined up but other than that i'm mm, pretty much cool. done I, Ooh, I do yeah i wonder if i'm gonna do that i should get you out for have you ever done it snow goose um the one time i went i went with a buddy and this is when i was in high school up to mountain city they had a place but we didn't put out hardly any decoys and yeah. i'm like from everything i know this is not enough um i think we shot one but it wasn't the true you know where they're just tornadoing in and yeah doing yeah. all that so um no and i do take that back i'm i'll probably do like a you know shed hunt slash squirrel rabbit type hunt you know mm-hmm. all inclusive yeah. and do it all at once yeah. shed season yeah it's coming up so no i'll probably do that but all right yeah, and gearing up for turkey right after that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. It'll be a fun year for turkey. We got a lot of good gear coming up. 
from Rogers from Turkey Season. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh yeah, you'll be able to see some of the the new stuff at NWTF. First time ever. Yeah, if this. Yeah, this will be out before that. So, oh, yeah. if you're listening and in, hey, that's a fun uh, convention, the National Wildlife Turkey Federation uh, convention in Nashville, and it's their 50th anniversary. So it's going to be pretty big. But we'll be out there. Um, we'll be right next to Higdon. We'll have a booth as well, the Rogers Sporting Goods booth, and all sorts of cool stuff to sell you. Yeah, and that's uh, roughly middle of February, correct? Yeah, February. Smack dab middle of February. February 15th through the 19th. Something like that. Basically, the 16th, 17th, and 18th is when the convention is. So, And it's a good time. And you don't even, I mean, for any hunting, come out there, talk to all the guys you watch on TV or meet and greets and check out all the cool stuff they have and for in sure. Nashville. And I'm assuming they, for the guys that can't make it, we'll be uh, putting this all up on instagram or social media so they can check it out then i mean yeah i'm sure so we'll get all some the new product launches some stuff and yeah awesome we'll get some stuff you know try to highlight some things too or if we see something cool down there we have to make sure we spotlight it but yeah. definitely if you're around that area come by and say hi so we'll have some uh crazy deals for that convention so we'll yeah. get you all outfitted for spring turkey most definitely, but sweet. And thanks, Gregory, for coming on. I know we pulled you away from some stuff, but oh, I yeah. appreciate you guys having me. Anytime, you know. Yeah. Nice you stop. Gotta order, you got to yeah. order more Sitka. That's what I'm working on. That's right. <laughs> and others, and others. Yeah. Not forget the other. Yep. Get all the stuff bought for the year. Yeah. So we have a lot coming for fall. I'm working on. Uh, been working on fall 23 for a little bit. So really, everybody be on the lookout. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. It's another year. Appreciate Sorry. it, Josh. You betcha. Thanks, dude. Oh, you betcha, <laughs> yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Be sure to rate the podcast. Well, Josh, put your plugs in the back or in the end. You should just self like, record them. We're going to yeah. give him okay. uh, you, his little uh, you just, just his Just little do an plugs. outro for us here. Yeah. Little outro plugs. If yeah. you guys enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to leave a rating. And if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. If that doesn't do it, I don't know what will. Dude, I'm professional. I I used to do that on my videos. Right now, I used to have like this whole like outro thing. Follow me on social media. Blah blah blah. Like Uh every single video, but I quit doing that. I'm pumped. (laughs) Good. Stay bored. We'll see you next week. See ya.